0: to the official podcast of the Canberra
1: Raiders.
2: Hopefully oh, off the up now he puts a kick out Croker's there against. Oh, Jerry! What a catch by the Skipper. Come join
3: us as we go behind the limelight.
4: Hello and welcome to the special edition of the Behind the Limelight podcast. I'm Raider Nick and over the next hour or so we're going to be the perfect companion for you to keep you company on your drive up the highway to Sydney. Going to the big dance over there at ANZ Stadium. If you're not driving and you're currently at home preparing for your party or going through the defrost process for your barbecue, sit back and relax and enjoy. We've got plenty of guests, plenty of Canberra Raiders blood on this podcast episode. First, we're going to check in with Raiders assistant coach Brent White, live there from Sydney. He'll tell us about the week, the preparation, and how the current mood is with the boys as they're gearing up for the big one. We'll also catch up with Victor the Viking. He'll tell us about his emotion over the last 30 years of being, of course, the mascot and being Victor and his thoughts on the game. We'll catch up with some of the grand final heroes from 89. We'll catch up with Steve Jackson. We'll catch up with Paul Osborne from 1994. We'll also check in with Campo, former Raider skipper. He'll talk to us about uh, what it means for him to be a Camberan amongst all this green blood that's been pumping around the nation's capital. We'll also catch up with Big Mal. Of course, he's blowing the horn this afternoon for the boys. Our most celebrated Canberra Raider. Also some snippets as well from the boys during the podcast as well. So sit back and relax. But first, let's check in live from the hotel there in Sydney. My co-host, for the Behind the Limelight podcast, but also Raiders media manager. Come in, Mr Benny Pollock.
5: Hey, mate, how's it going?
4: Mate, I'm going good. question is, how are you going? Your phone's probably copped an absolute flogging. You'll be ready for a new one after this finals campaign.
5: Mate, the, uh, the Huawei P30 Pro does its job. Don't worry about that. <laughs> so, getting through the week, mate, it's uh, it's almost here. It's exciting. It's, it's been a massive build-up. And uh, as we all know, it's uh, you know the biggest game in the club's Uh, history since 1994. So, you know, the build-up's been really exciting and and the team's embraced it, which has been the main thing.
4: Some people have been telling, pulling me up on the street saying, you think the boys are feeling pressure from the 25 years, but every time you hear Ricky talk, he goes, it's about us. It's not about 89, it's not about 94. It's about this current squad and what we've done this year.
5: Yeah, that's right. It's... um Oh, look, don't get me wrong, there's been a lot of celebration around the 89 season. We had the, the, the Hall of Fame launch at the start of the year and we had the mid-season uh, event where we, we had the Hall of Fame plus the, the 89 reunion. So there's been a lot of that but look, at, at this time of the year, Rick's made it very clear that it's all about the current squad uh, and what they're trying to achieve and we all know, we've talked about this on the podcast all season, It's um, it's been one of those things that's just sort of organically grown over the year and mm-hmm. Uh, the boys have just gone about their business and, and have been able to put themselves in a position now where they've they've got a 50-50 shot at winning a competition and uh, it's exciting and it's just amazing to see the, the groundswell of support that we've had in the community over the past couple of weeks and um, I know the guys really appreciate it. They were so excited on the bus the other morning when all the fans were turning up there to line the streets and um, you know, we even saw people on the highway on the way up, decked out in mm. Raiders gear, waving flags and and beeping horns and, and all that sort of stuff. So it was, it's, you know, it's pretty exciting. And I'm sure the convoy, uh, to those people listening on the way up, um, it's going to be one of those really, really special moments uh, at ANZ Stadium on Sunday night when they, they run out to that Viking club.
4: The boys have been really calm in camp. Uh, and you you went up there on Sydney just after Wednesday afternoon after the, after the convoy went up. How has the current move been around the meetings, around just their general A to Cs?
5: They're absolutely... Relaxed. It's, it's um, it's quite phenomenal. I've been a I've been around in and around rugby league teams for for 14 years, and um, you can tell when there's a bit of tension in the air, uh, but I, I just don't sense that at all at the moment. Um, the the guys are, are really relaxed. They're comfortable in each other's company, and uh, you know, obviously there's been a couple of little hiccups along the way. We've had Josh and and Batty um, both struck down with a bit of illness along the way, but um, you know, they're professional enough to get themselves right, and they're, they're all good to go, and um, outside of that it's been a pretty seamless preparation uh, obviously there's been a lot of um, stuff outside the norm that we're not used to so that you know things like the fan fest appearance and, and all the extra media attention and photo shoots and and everything that goes along with it um, has been a bit of a difference for them but um, it's been a great experience for them too because um, you know thinking forward past this year it obviously gives an opportunity to, to prepare themselves for the future it's, if they get back here again um, over the next few years.
4: On a football perspective, just removing all the fanfare and all the media responsibilities through the NRL and whatnot, how much has the preparation been just a normal big game preparation opposed to, hey, look, this is the big grand final?
5: Yeah, I mean, in terms of training, they haven't really changed too much. I mean, it's obviously been working for them all season. So I kicked off on Tuesday uh, with the session down there in Canberra. And yeah, there was 2,000 people there watching it, but The boys just went about their business as they usually do. Um, Didn't let anything distract them. Had a really good session at Leichhardt Oval um, on the Thursday in the morning. Um, That was a really good chance for the guys to have a a decent hit out, get some opposed work in and and really work on their um, structures for the game and and some of their plays. Uh, And then obviously uh, the captain's run on on Saturday uh, was a chance to finally have a run on the stadium and and just tidy up a couple of little areas ahead of the game and um, you know all three sessions have been have been quality uh, they've got a lot out of them and um, as we mentioned it's it's not about bashing each other up at this time of the year it's about getting yourself prepared for for the game um, making sure you you conserve as much energy as, po- energy as possible and, and be ready to go. Well,
4: they're, good. they're in good hands there with Ricky and of course Whitey and and. Uh... Big Mickey Ennis uh, chiming in and out of the, the club, guys that have all got multiple grand final rings. Speaking of grand final rings, if we do get the job or the aftermath of all this, Benny, stuff happening on a local level over the over the Monday and Tuesday?
5: Yeah, so um, Monday's going to be a pretty low-key day in terms of um, activity with the team. Um, obviously, we, we stay up here Sunday night, so um, a chance for the boys to get together with their family and friends. and. Uh, and enjoy the moment um, after the game on the Sunday, and then Monday um, they will make their way back to Canberra. At some stage, there's no real set timings around when people are coming back and things like that. And it's probably going to be a bit of a low key entry back into town, um, probably because um, there's some stuff planned on the Tuesday, um, which is going to uh, which is going to be sort of the main opportunity for people to come and um, and, and hopefully celebrate with the team. So. Look, um, after the game on on Sunday night, we'll we'll get a bit more of this information out to people. Obviously, there's a few balls up in the air still uh, around how it's all going. So, uh, yeah, we'll we'll get to that and and let everyone know what's going on because I'm sure, um, no matter what the result, the, the fans will want to um, make sure they you know show the support that they have all season for the guys when they do get back to Canberra.
4: All right, Benny, see if you can uh, sneak in a quick nap before the big one.
5: <laughs> yeah, it feels like that, but no, it's really exciting, mate. That's um. It's hard to believe it's so close now, and uh, it's an opportunity um, to be part of something special. And uh, you know, all the supporters who, whether they make it their way up there, whether at the live site um, at Belconnen on Sunday night, or whether they're just watching at home with friends and family, it's a it's a real celebration for all Raiders fans. And uh, like I said, um, I've said numerous times throughout the season, Uh, the support that we get's amazing, and, and I know that the guys really appreciate it.
4: How do you feel, you know, being a young kid that emotionally invested in this team as a young fella out there in the country sides of New South Wales, country outskirts there and being, you know, being employed by the club as a media manager and we talk about rugby league, it's sometimes it's cycle on, cycle off, we've cycled off for a, for a period, there's been some difficult times, well publicised, you've been the gatekeeper of all that, especially with the outside world. How do you feel now walking into the, the camp and being around grand final luncheons and grand final fan days and tomorrow when you step into ANZ Stadium, it's probably an ANZ Stadium you've never seen before?
5: Look, mate, to be honest, it's, um, it's, it's, sort, of, it's sort of all happened so so quickly that um, I haven't had a real chance to sit back and, and look at it too much. I try to enjoy it as much as I can, like everybody involved in the team. You, you want to be able to enjoy the experience. It's just been... You know, so busy, obviously, for, for all of the staff. And I'm and not just and not saying, not just me either. It's like all the guys in the in the football staff that have that have got to prepare all their sessions and things for the week and, and all the on behind-the-scenes things that go on um, with managing a football team like Matt Ford and, and Wendy Bennett have done in, um, huge hours this week um, logistically trying to work things out. You know, everything from preparing uh, where we're we going to stay and, you know, what we're doing in yeah. terms of um, scheduling and things like that, right through to you know, helping the guys sort their ticket allocation and access for the game and things like that. So that's a that's been a mammoth job. And the team back at Rodas HQ, um, they have been absolutely under the pump for probably a month, you know, with um, memberships going on sale and uh, a home prelim and, and now the grand final. Um, look, I'm just really excited that all those people in the office, um, you know, are coming up the game to the game on Sunday and, and just have a chance to, to sit down and, and enjoy it. Um, you know, like Jace Matthew, he's been at the club. Um, forever. Forever. He, he, he pulled beers at the Bean Leaf Club yeah. at the 94 grand final celebration. So he's been around for years. And Kate Galagos, who runs all of our um, sort of main sponsorship activations. I mean, and these are people who've been around the club for over a decade. And, you know, just to see the reward that everyone's reaping off the back of that. And, of course, Don Ferner, the CEO, um, you know, he's been, he's, if he's not, He's very close to the longest-serving CEO in the game, so um, it's just great to see that. And then all of our um, our backroom staff, um, all the all the people who work in the office, um, they just do a huge amount of work behind the scenes that goes unnoticed, probably. Um, But you know, without them, the club wouldn't be ticking over. So look, it's just it's just about everybody involved in the club, whether you're a staff member, a supporter, a member, a player, coach, doesn't matter. A podcaster. Uh, about, a podcaster, that's <laughs> right. It's just about coming in together uh, and enjoying the experience because um, like we've seen, it's 25 years since we were last in one and you know, hopefully it's not another 25 after this one, but you, you've got to enjoy it while you get the chance because um, sport's one of those things where you can't predict the outcome of, of certain things and uh, you've got to enjoy it while you can.
4: Mate, it's been emotional seeing it all around town, the green, the kids, the the uniforms, the the cakes, the nails, all the green stuff, all the craze, and it all comes down to one thing and getting the boys home. One more week to go, Ben. It's been a big year for yourselves, and I know that there's no one that works harder than the Raiders staff, the admin staff, the media staff, the commercial staff. You guys are one of the hardest-working people in the ACT, and, and it's not just for the club and the badge tomorrow. It's for you guys as well. Enjoy, and we'll see you soon.
5: No worries, mate. And to all those people... Uh, coming up to the game. Uh, We need you at your absolute loudest this week. There's no doubt about that. Um, We know how passionate you guys have been and the support that we've had has just been immense. So get here, get behind us. Scream from Canberra, scream from your lounge dreams, whether you're overseas or or in Canberra. um, Just get behind us and, and hopefully we'll bring that trophy home for you.
4: Let's now cross into Sydney, into Camp where assistant coach Mr. Brett White's waiting for us. G'day, Whitey.
6: Hey, how you going,
4: mate? I'm going real well. Question for you is, how are you going, and how's everything going over there in camp?
6: Oh, it's been a wonderful week up here, mate. I'm no, up in Sydney. Um, the, the boys are feeling good. There's a, there's a really good buzz within the camp. Um, it's been quite a quite a hectic couple of days uh, leading into it. You know, all the, the media commitments and uh, the different events they've got to go to, but. We've got our training done. We've got what we've needed to do uh, with our preparation. We've got all that squared away and and ready to go. And and now it's really just um, focusing in for for the big day, the big big game, 7.30 Sunday.
4: How different has it been, aside from all the media commitments and the fanfare, but all the football logistics?
6: Yeah, obviously it's been a lot different with uh, having to go to Sydney midweek, go up there earlier. Um, But the the boys have handled it really well, yeah, they're, they're relaxed. They've switched on when they needed to in, in meetings, uh, at training. They've really switched on and, and uh, trained with really good intensity, which is, which is really good. Um, gives us, as coaches, a lot of confidence. So uh, it's, it's been really good. The boys have you know, embraced it's like Ricky asked at the start of the week to embrace it. And they certainly have. They've been out, they've, they've got amongst it, done what they needed to do with the, the public and the media at functions and whatnot. So um, they're handling it really well.
4: Waddy, the boys are in great hands in regards to experience from the from the mentors of the club. Obviously, Ricky as a player, he's played in a handful, and as coach and player yourself there with the Storm, also Mick Ennis, he's got a ring as well. Have you guys looked in as like the big uncles and gone in and injected yourselves amongst the boys here and there to to talk about soothing into the week and what's expected and, and the outcome and that kind of thing?
6: Yeah, we certainly have. We've done that a lot early in the week. And, um, you know, to the boys' credit, they followed, followed, I guess, the instructions of, of how we needed to go about our week. Um, you yeah, know, there's been a lot of criticism up in Sydney around... or Not criticism, but more um, doubt in, in our big game experience. But, um, yeah, we've got enough in our team to, to be able to handle the week well and get to the sideline ready to go. And that's the most important thing, getting there on, you know, for the game... Once the anthem's sung, being able to switch on, get into the game, get into it fast, uh, and go about our business the way we've trained all year, the way we've prepared to go about it, um, and and I'm I'm really confident that um, you know the boys will be boys will be humming when it comes to kick off.
4: They're just so relaxed. They just can't get over how relaxed they are. So, of course the first couple of days here in Canberra they're relaxed, and even Ricky and seeing vision of you boys. Over there in Sydney, whether it's through the Instagram stories from the boys or just on the TV or the fan everyone just seems so chilled out.
6: Mate, that, that's the important part. You know, I, I know from my personal experience. I go, I go back to 2006, where first grand final for a long time at Melbourne, and and we really tightened up. And and you know, you can over stress about, you know, over analyse things, and over worry, and overthink things. And um, we made a real mistake that year. Yeah, you, know, you go twelve months forward to two thousand and seven we go into that grand final more relaxed mm. um, and we, and we get a result out of it so you know you, you talk about those um shared experiences you know those experiences you had share that with the group and um, and hopefully um, you know, it works for us
4: why do you came to the club in two thousand and eleven and you finished your playing career here. Uh, it was a bit of a change of time, change of the helm for the Raiders. You saw the progression from from just say point A to point B. Some tough times, some rough times, some good times—the whole enchilada. But we spoke off air. We we spoke. Uh, we chatted there at HQ a couple of days ago, and you mentioned that the feel around the club now—you're almost liking it to the level of what it takes to be, you know, say uh, what you felt at the Melbourne Storm as a player, and, uh, and coming from you, of course, you have played in those premierships there at the Storm. You've also played Origin and rep football. The bar's risen so hard now and so high that we're there, aren't we,
6: mate? It really is, and, and that's really how I feel. The, the rise that you talk about when I first come to the club, and, and uh, I knew there was so much stuff we had to we had to do and how to get right, and, and how long it was going to take in the journey, and, and uh, we've been through those hard times, and, and now this is a this is a great reward for the boys for yeah you know, the way they buy into it, but you know, Take, take the result out this year and, and this year I really think that we're on the on the brink of an era I, I really do believe that because the the way these boys are you know they, they throw culture around and there's a word all the time but you know that culture and the way we play and the way things are done now um, is so professional the way they go about their business the, the way they buy into it the way they you know it's a real club first they, they want to do the best thing by the club these guys. And I, I really believe that that's what it takes to to start start the era. And I really believe over the ne- next couple of years, we're gonna you know, our Raiders fans are really gonna enjoy this ride.
4: Brett White, you're a man of uh, you're really into your development when it comes to the human level. Not so much not not just in the sporting level and the rugby league development side of things. You're very into the stuff and the development of the player and the young bloke you were involved in the 20s a few years ago you are obviously quite involved with the young boys coming through you know the infamous thing with Emre last year giving him his you know debut jersey there with his mum what would it mean to you why did you see this group of young boys of they come through the ranks now running out on the big stage that you're very familiar with and obviously either way where the result goes it must be a great personal satisfaction for Brett White to see all this
6: oh mate uh, uh, it is honestly watching your kids grow up and go off and achieve, you know, the things they dream of. It is, you know, you see the hard work these guys put in, the knocks they take, the setbacks, you know, whether it be injuries or whatever, to then, you know, go on and be able to achieve these things. Um, it's, it's, you know, it's just so special to watch that and, and be a part of their journey.
4: Whitey, well, I know you're busy, mate. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for catching up with us. i let you go now relax, relax uh, for the big one tomorrow, mate.
6: Thank you.
4: Thanks very much. Now, if you've got yourself a copy of the Canberra Times, you know exactly what I'm about to talk about. You know exactly what I'm about to say. How good has the Canberra Times been this morning? An absolute eight-page blockbuster all about the Canberra Raiders. A lift out. It's got the cartoon, infamous cartoon picture there with Victor the Viking, plus a bit of a questionnaire. And the man behind all this, the guy they call Block Up, Mr. Chris Dutton, good day, mate.
1: Hey, mate, how are ya?
4: i a really, really good. Uh, if there's a paper you're going to buy all year, without tossing up a cliche, it
1: is the grand final edition of the Canberra Times. Is going to be huge. Um, we thought about plenty of ways how we could celebrate the grand final and Raiders going in there and and giving the Raiders something to read as they head up the highway.
4: Now, Blocker, growing out through the '90s down here. Some of those collectibles were those big cartoony pullouts yeah. of the Raiders. You know, I've got stuff from 89, 90, 94, and, and you see those things. They're quite infamous. You see them forever now, and they've started to come out. There's a couple of really cool keepers in there, isn't there?
1: There really is. David Pope is probably one of the best cartoonists in the world. I love his work, but he's got a theory, Nick. He, he's always worried. Whenever he draws Victor looking angry in one of his cartoons, mm. he feels like the Raiders lose so he 's drawn Victor happy and and make sure you pick up um, tomorrow 's one he's done a he's done a cracker on the front of the of victor running out of Canberra blowing a rooster's horn um, and hopefully victor's looking pretty happy, so that means a win for the Raiders there's also a fifty question quiz Ooh. in there we thought you know what are you going to do on the three hour drive up to Olympic Stadium up there? You need some Raiders questions to look so we've we've gone with twenty questions from the two thousand and nineteen season and thirty questions from 30, what is it, 37 years of the Raiders looking back over time. So uh, uh, if you get a few, a Viking clap to you.
4: Wow, that sounds fantastic. Tomorrow, the Canberra Times, uh, the big Canberra Raiders edition. To support you, to supplement you on your drive up to ANZ Stadium, Blocker, I won't let you go without asking you a tip. Give us your score and give us your Clive Churchill medalist.
1: Mate, I'm going Raiders by nine and I'm going Clive Churchill medalist Josh Hodgson. Hard to go past him, isn't it?
4: Raiders by nine.
1: Yeah, I think think they're going to field goal to Aidan Caesar with about 10 minutes to go just to settle things down, and then they'll score another try to finish it off.
4: A nine-point win. He's chosen the nine to get the Clive Churchill medalist blocker. Thanks for tuning in, mate.
1: Too easy. Thanks, Nick.
4: It's time now to check in with our most celebrated Canberra Raider, the player that was signed from Queensland in 1986, and went on to captain the Raiders in their inaugural premiership win in 1989, of course, again in 1990, and to go out an absolute champion winner in 1994. The 13th Immortal, Mal Meninga. Hey, Nick. How you going, mate? Mate, I'm going well. We just sent off the boys. They've just jumped the bus and they're headed to Sydney for the big one. Look, Mal, i was just thinking this morning, we spoke a couple of years back and I interviewed you on the radio previewing the 2017 Grand Final. And we, we yep. both touched on how good would it be to see the Green Machine again one day. We fast forward a couple of years and look where we are.
3: Yeah, no, it's fantastic, fantastic, you know, for the club and the players and, uh, you know, sticking his team and um, great for the area and all us, all us Raiders supporters, you know. It's, um, it's fantastic to be able to go to Grand Final Day and support your own team.
4: Of course, Mal, no secret there, you were involved in the team 30 years ago and we celebrated the 89 dynasty this year. How was it, can you remember back back in the day when you, obviously you got there in 87, but uh, all the fanfare and all that stuff that happened around town, how did you handle it and what did you do for the boys to kind of handle it, not to get too drunk on it all but to still remain focused?
3: Oh, it's important that you you acknowledge it and celebrate it, um, enjoy the experience, it's fantastic. Um, you know, it's not often you, you make the grand final, so you've got to cherish it. Um, however, it does come down to you. Preparation again, you know, through through the week what you do, as far as you know your training is concerned, you know how you treat the week, you know physically and mentally, you know. So I mean, you don't try to change things. I know it's difficult not to, but you just try to, you know, just dull things down as much as you can, and then obviously, you know, keep it all keep it all together until game day when you run across that white line. Um, that's when you let all your emotions out, and, and just get in play what you normally do really. Woody.
4: how much did the town galvanize your preparation did you take much of that energy and the emotion from canberra out on the field as well
3: oh obviously yeah you know I mean, it's it's it is the weight of expectation you know from your community um but you know you you embrace that of course and um you know that certainly helps you at times i know in the in the game itself you know if you playing really well and that's what the raiders have got to do this weekend play well start well you know bring the crowd into into the game and it does lift you. it does give you that extra spirit, you know, that you need at times because it's it's never easy winning, you know, <laughs> winning a game of footy, let alone grand final. So, I mean, yeah, you, you, you sort of try and take that with you, but you've got to engage the crowd. You've actually got to get them involved as well. So that's yeah. the only way you do that is by playing well.
4: Mel, in your time, they used to have that old saying, you have to lose one to win one, and it was quite a common trend back in the 80s and 90s, but it seems to have dissipated now. We saw the Sharks for 2016. We, we got the Roosters last year. The Cowboys won one as well. Do you think talking to the captain yesterday and Jared, he mentioned I asked him what's it like when you got a big game during the week, knowing you have the Roosters or the Storm, but now what's it like having the extra layer of a Grand Final? And he mentioned it's just the same as a big game. Was it like for you back then as well? Or could you feel there's extra layers there because of the big GF?
3: Um, you don't you don't try to treat it as, as if it's a bigger experience than what you there's what you got you there with, you know. They've they've played you know, 20, 28 twenty eight twenty eight odd rounds of really good footy, you know. Mm. Um. And you know one of the the things that they've I think it's engendered the whole supporter base and what the, and the team together is around their resilience and how they stick in for each other, how they tough out games and how they can win the tight ones. And that's what that's what they need to do on Grand Final day. So there's no there's nothing different. I mean, probably the only thing that's different would be that you need 17 players. You know, so maybe through the year you get away with you know 14 or 15 or 16 players. You know, 12 sometimes. Uh, to get you through a game and win, but uh, origin, uh, you know, origin and all that experience holds you in good stead for, you know, winning. You know, winning with 17 players you actually, actually got everyone's got to prepare well, everyone's got to perform and play their role.
4: Now there was an infamous part uh, post game in '89, and you mentioned obviously passionate Queenslander, and you really loved being involved in the representative program of Australia and captaining your country. Full-time in 89, that infamous part where you said it was best playing for Queensland, best playing for Australia, but this is what it's like winning a grand final. Yeah. What, what were the feelings for you there? What were the feelings immense, for you there? You know,
3: from a, yeah, Well, for a Queenslander coming down, um, never quite recognised as a player until you actually make it in the big smoke, and that's the Sydney competition. Back then it was the New South Wales rugby league. you know. Um, so for me, um, yeah, it brought back that sort of emotion, but also in the back of I had four. Well, I did. I had four broken arms leading up yeah. to that year. Um, I took over the captaincy from you know, uh, from Dean Lancer, you know, halfway through the year, year, and which was a big thing for the club, I guess. And um, and that, you know, I, I was a leader of the team, you know. So I was really, uh, really emotional. I really wanted to do well, you know. So I mean, that sort of. That sort of, you know, motivated me a fair bit. But, you know, just the game itself, you know, yeah. how great it was just to be involved. I just watched it just recently. I didn't realise how good a game it was, to be honest yeah. with you. and I'm, We're talking you know, 30 years on, you know, um, the quality of the game was, was um, you know, fantastic. And for us to do what we did that day, I thought was amazing, you know. So, I mean, just the emotions tied up in what we had to do on the day, you know, play out 100 minutes of footy just to, win, just to win it. The first team, you know, outside of Sydney to win it, the first team to, to win it outside the top three mm-hmm. at the time, you know, so it was top five in those days. So, yeah, it was um, it was a whole heap of things that sort of strung together and and um, because, you know, when that final siren goes it's just a whole heap of emotion just comes out of you.
4: Yeah. Also, too, you guys won nine wins on the trot, you know, you yeah. went for that obstacle course and I said this to a lot of the, the players on this show, including your coaching staff in Bomber McCray and Tim Sheens and by well, the time he's got to the big stage of Sydney in that semi final. Semi-finals. you just look guys look so at home on that big stage
3: yeah it's no, almost well, like I, the
4: tigers are more nervous than you guys on grand final day.
3: <laughs> well i think so too i mean i think that's reflected i mean i think i'm i tell told the story you know when the coin coin toss was there and mm. um you know wayne pierce came over he's the captain obviously of the tigers and he looked nervous he looked apprehensive you know so and i'm thinking to myself you know we're pretty relaxed um we are battle hard and we had to win like eight games straight just to get there and you know and, you know, we had to fight for every, every win we, we had. So, you know, we were, we were ready to go. Um, we were, so we're quite relaxed. But, and, you know, I think the team's a reflection of the leadership. And I thought Junior was, you know, pretty, was, you know, looked a bit frazzled mm. a, little, a little bit. And I'm thinking to myself, did we got these fellas?
4: Yeah. Half time, mailing that game, you talk about conceding a try right on half time can, can really hurt. And I can't imagine what it'll be like to concede a try right on half time in a grand final. You guys, maybe the pendulum might maybe suggested you with a better team or scoreboard didn't indicate that. Something quite significant was said at halftime. Sheenzy spoke about it on the show, but what was your mentality to keep the boys calm and, and get yeah. uh, keep back on track to deliver in the second half?
3: Oh, I think Sheenzy would have said this. We're, we're pretty – we're very happy with where we were. I think we're playing pretty good footy. We're probably in front, I reckon, from a momentum point of view. There's a few mm. things went, went against us, how the bounce of the ball um, – You know, intercept, try, and a kick. You know, that bounce, horrible bounce for Gary Belcher. I gave him the evil eye, Gary. You know, (laughs) he should have caught the ball on the full. You know, however, it wasn't to be. But um, we were pretty relaxed. We were very confident, and that's what Sheenzi was talking about. You know, I mean, you know, we've a lot of things that weren't going our way, but just got to keep on doing what we're doing. We're 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 playing really well.
4: Some similar behaviours have happened. You know, we at the start of the year we. Congratulations, obviously you've been inducted in the the Inaugurators Hall of Fame for your efforts at the club, but especially the 89 team at the start, and we've celebrated 30 years, and the boys have gone through a similar obstacle course in the last, say, two months of football with playing everyone in that top eight, and week to week it's been, they've had to really bring their A game, and at the finals football, they've looked really at home again.
3: Yeah, Rick's got plenty of experience, you know, he's been there, done that, Uh, not only as a player, but as a coach, and with the Roosters way back, and Mm. So he sort of understands what uh, you know the grand final's all about. So
4: the boys are in great hands.
3: They're in great hands. Yeah, exactly right. So I mean, I've, I've got no doubts that they'll be well prepared, you know, playing and um, you know, like I like I said the other day. You know, I just hope their their last game's their best game for the year.
4: Yeah, and also with the likes of Brett White and Nick Ennis who have all got a premiership ring, it's extra bit of experience around the group. It's good.
3: Oh, well, they're talking about experience, Nick. I'm thinking. I mean, look at. Englishmen, you know, they've they play so many footy, so much games, you know. Certainly mm. um, they've played premierships over the English Super League and, you know, they don't get that, that due recognition for doing that, you know, playing for your countries. That's hard. Every game's a hard game for your country. And um, and I look at origin, you know. Um, we've got Nick and Jack playing it this year, you know, Papa playing this year, you know, at origin level. There's, there's nothing bigger than origin either, you know. So when, when you talk about experience, you go through, you know, the players and the team, uh, you know, Jay Lallure's already – Played and you know played in a grand final before you know so I mean there's so much experience in the team anyway you know regardless of what people think you know uh, you make comparisons based on you know what they've done in finals and in grand finals but all that other big game stuff holds you in good stead as well.
4: Of course, uh, mentioning that 30 years ago and, and without embarrassing your you know you've got. Um the Canberra Raiders' first immortal. You've been immortalised this year and, you know, captain of the, the club three premierships and four kangaroo tours and whatnot. It must have been a good call when you could blow the horn on the weekend for the boys to run out to.
3: Yeah, no, it was, um, it's funny because hey, um, I sit there, you know, go to the game or, you know, watch it on TV and, um, you know, I think it's, it's you know, it's that's nice. It's great that it's that symbolism that the Raiders have got now and, but I'm jealous now, eh? I'm jealous of the fact that we didn't have that, you know, thirty years ago. <laughs> um, you know, and uh and I sit back and I'm thinking, geez, it would have been great if, you know, if this dividing the viking clap and the horn was back in our day. And then when, you know, Jason Mather rang me you know, on behalf of Ricky and, and Donnie, you know, um, would I, would I be interested in doing that? It was just, it was like um I, I got a really emotional neck. I, I said, How good's that? You know, I mean I'd love to, you know, I was had to have to think about it. Um know, I just it's um it's special for me and to be part of the day I think um I thank the club for, um, but yeah you know I mean I'm I'm really, chuffed that I can do it.
4: Well, like I said, without embarrassing your mouth, it's almost like, the daughter getting married and the father yeah. walking the daughter down the aisle.
3: Yeah, well, that's a good point. I like that. I like that. Eh? I like and you're that the father. That's that's excellent. I, I know I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I get the analogy. And I like it. You know, and um, yeah, it's oh, I'll be proudest punch you know, i walk out on the stadium with. Just, you know, out, you know, probably wearing line green somewhere, you know, um, supporting, obviously supporting the team. That's what I am these days. You know, I'm an ex raider, but I'm a great supporter of the, of the club and, and the team. And um, nothing will give me much, great, much pleasure than actually, you know, doing the, the symbolism of, of allowing them to run out in the field and hopefully doing well.
4: Well, Mal, we grew up watching you on the TV, and without again embarrassing you, there's something about you, Mal, that you just, you wreak you optimism. Eureka! Optimism yeah. when you let the boys out, whether it was your country, your state, or your club, especially the lime green. And I, I know hate just losing, j- mate. hate we- losing—that's
3: where Ricky, that's where Ricky, eat. that's I mean, that's the reason we, you know, we were successful in those years because we hate losing, yeah. regardless of you know um, we were so competitive. Uh, everything we do, our training you know, through the week, you know, game day, you know, we just hated losing, and I think that's what this current team has got—you know, the resilient mob, like I said—but they just hate losing, and that's that's what you want in the footage. that's the mindset you want, and that's all positive, that's not a negative thing, it's Absolutely. it's a positive thing. So, you know, so, if you go out that mindset on, on Sunday, it'll be very hard to beat.
4: Well, like I was saying, oozing that optimism, I think you're going to really give that good, warm taste in people's mouths, <laughs> fans and support, and I think even the players too, when they see you out there, they're going to feel that one-step confidence, just like you oh. did in the change rooms, giving your whole team confidence. You know, a lot of them said, that's when right. we saw Malacing lacing on a boot, we're going to be okay today, and I think that's, yeah, that's going to, I it's going to run it. across the line this Sunday.
3: Yeah, no, um, I look forward to it. Eh? I look forward to the, the, their battle, and um, yeah, like I said before, I'm glad I'm there to watch it.
4: Vlad that horn with pride, Mal. great to talk to you. Always great to talk to you as the last thanks. podcast for 2019. Go the Raiders.
3: Go the Raiders, mate.
4: Now, one man that's literally been to all the grand finals. He's nearly been to all the games as well. He's had the best seat in the house for a long, long time. And what typified the feeling the last fortnight in this town, in this community, and within this club, was the scenes of Victor the Viking, a.k.a. Tony Woods, taking off the helmet and raising his fist in the air with pride. And, and I don't think there was many Raiders people out there without, uh, without shedding a tear after seeing that. Come in, Mr. Tony Woods. G'day, Woodsy.
7: G'day, Nick. How you going, buddy?
4: Mate, I'm going good, mate. How are the nerves?
7: Mate, yeah, they've kind of probably hit me in the last 24 hours. Um, I, I, I just can't wait to get this job over and done with now. We've, we've had a job to do, and we've got a job to finish. And I just want to bring that trophy up the highway.
4: Mate, if there's any man that can say that, it's you. And as mentioned, those scenes over there at GIO post-game, and you ran over there, and you and you took the helmet off, you, you broke the Santa Claus theory, you broke the Santa Claus conspiracy there with some of the kiddies there, and you just took that off with so much emotion. Was that a spontaneous thing?
7: Yeah, mate, it was, because it was virtually the crowd, our members and the people who attended that game, that drove me to do that. When um, Josh scored that try, the crowd rose as as one. And then they stayed on their feet, and then right at the end when they were doing the countdown for us to go into the grand final they lifted even higher. And I looked around at the crowd. They were hugging. They were cheering. They were crying. They were hugging each other. Yeah, mate, it was just... I've never seen those scenes at at a sporting event in Canberra in my lifetime. And it was something that I always cherish. And virtually, because I've always said it, I'm... People say that I'm someone special in this club, but I am only a representative of the people that sit in the grandstand. It's those people in the grandstands and the members and the people who pay to get into our... to see our boys play. That's who I represent. And then when I saw them, I was screaming in that helmet. And I just had to show people that were watching that game exactly how I felt and what, what the feeling was. Because I, I can... I, I can put my hand up in the air and it shows that I'm happy, or I can clap my hands and it looks like I'm yeah doing some kind of action. But it's your physical face and the emotions on your face that can that, that lead to yeah the
4: what, transparency.
7: What yeah,
4: yeah. How's the fortnight been there for you, Tony? For me personally, I've and I'll, and I'll be mad enough to say these have been times where we're just driving in the car and thinking about the The times in the '90s to now, and how the family, that how the town's just galvanised with green, and off, it's brought me to tears a few times. How's mate, it been for yourself?
7: Mate, it, it has to, and because you've been around the club a fair bit, and so have I, and there's a lot of other supporters that the the way that the club is driven now, from the coach to the players to the staff that run our game days, mate, they do it. They do it with the community in mind. Yeah, there, there are trucks that we've got that, that have community on, and like we we're just driving around town. This morning, there are flags on cars. There are people that have got Raiders jumpers on. To see a person wearing a, a Raiders jumper, or put a putting a Raiders scarf on, mate, that that's what makes it for me. Yeah. because they are actually wearing the colour of that team that goes out there and plays for eighty minutes.
4: Yeah. It's just amazing. I was at the uh, the Westfield in Belconnen and then I had to go to the Westfield in Woden and just everyone wearing their colours and whether it's a news agency or a jewellery shop or any other kind of shop front there, I've got the posters and the balloons and everyone's just jumping in on that spirit. It's just like Christmas. Yeah. It's like Christmas, isn't it?
7: Hey, mate, I'm, yeah, it is like Christmas. But yeah, like our, our chance comes around every once in 25 years. But you, you, if you're very close to the club... This feeling happens every every game day that you go out there because you, you know that there's something special about this team that, that we've currently got. It is reminiscent, reminiscent of the 1994 grand final of mm. as, as, as the team, but it's been a slow process to build it up. But i oh, tell you what, mate, it, it, it's pride to get you, and it's, it's proud to wear that colour.
4: What about for yourself? Rugby league is one of those industries where a lot of it cycle on cycle off at times especially yeah. in the in the in the more modern side of things and for yourself that you know you went through the glory years of 89 90 and, and you know through the mid 90s and then the early thousands but then we saw a point of time where it wasn't our year it wasn't our period it wasn't our block for a long long time and there were some some score lines that were inflicted on us for whatever reason just that the team at the time didn't show up on the day and we had some 50 point spankings and a couple of them were at home and yeah. it, just, it would just hurt, you know. There were some really hurtful, painful times. And that's rugby league, though. It is a roller coaster. What is it for yeah. you now, the man that steers the ship, uh, hypothetically and literally in regards to the on-ground stuff, going through those, seeing the heights of the early 90s, then going through the lean period, that the hurtful times and the painful times, to see where we are yeah. about to run out on Sunday, Woodsy. But
7: rugby league is like like riding a roller coaster at SeaWorld or maybe where we want to go to. You have your highs and you have your lows, but if you believe that you are going to get to the end of that, uh, go on that ride and it's all going to be good at the end, and that's what what Ricky and the club have put into this club, that we believe. 1994, I heard someone say that, yeah, we believe we'll do it again. Mm. 1995. Yeah, we, we we still believe, and the word belief comes into it. Yeah. You have a low point, and you believe. If you believe, mate, you'll get the result. And that's what we've got now because we've all we've all believed. Yeah, we've got. Yeah, you you believe in the green colour. You believe in the pride that this this players have, mate. You you've probably seen this year and last year the the what the team believe in themselves. And, that, and that's what it comes down to. They believe in themselves, and they've shared that passion with us and brought us into it. Because have a look every time they tackle. Yeah. Um, they they go up there and they slap each other on the on the on the back. They congratulate each other when they score a try. They congratulate each other. But that when they when they lose, mate, they all went down as one. Do you remember those those couple of games where we lost? Mm. Mate, they hate losing.
4: Yeah, that's when, a great thing that Ricky's brought in. You can, uh, you know, people people want to win, but then there's people that yeah. have to win. And when you have to win, whether it's, you know, on the football field or in life, then you pretty much turn into a train that's unstoppable and, and you you yeah. know, you find it hard to get over. Now, Woodsy, without embarrassing your mate, and I mean this in in the total in yeah. total respect, it's almost like you're the Canberra's janitor. And I mean that <laughs> to the point you've just be you're the, you're the janitor of the school that's been there from day one and you're still there. And yeah, spe- speaking to... to and I speak to some of the guys who are, you know, around, you know, in the coaching staff there, the Raiders. They they kind of feel like what he's talking about. It's starting to feel like how it was at the Melbourne Storm, but the with the bar was raised so high under Bellamy, and you had to win, and the, and the standards were so high. He goes, I'm getting that that feeling how it was at the Storm. Now you have been the Canberra Raiders janitor, and you've been there from the 80s to you know 30 years, you've been there plus. How have you seen the group? And I'm talking about your game day experience. How you've seen it and felt into the current squad.
7: Mate, I, I think that we've, we've we've built a reputation within the Canberra area, not in within the Canberra community, the Canberra sporting public. That they're looking in, they're looking at us, and saying that's who we have to follow. Mm. Whether it's sponsors, we're, we've got record high membership numbers now. We've got record high sponsorship levels now. But they all they all say, okay, they're doing things right, and that's what we're doing. And it's like, if you want to put me in the in the in the role of a, a janitor, yeah, mate, we every single supporter which I represent, we clean up and get ready for the next ones to come in.
4: Oh, mate, well spoken, well spoken. <laughs> he said that before, yeah. mate. <laughs> just quickly, I've got to talk about that drum. I saw that drum on social media and I pic on yeah. Facebook, and that looks fantastic. Have fun with yeah, that.
7: Yeah, mate. I, I was, I was, was I was leading up to the South Sydney game. You spoke to me on Thursday and Friday night, Friday and Saturday. I oh, was Thursday and the Friday. Mm. Made someone look at me and I'd, I'd burst into tears because of the emotion that was inside you. The rugby league, rugby league grand final is the pinnacle of any sport. Yeah. Whether it's netball thing, and you want to achieve to get into the grand final. I didn't want to, because we know that what this. Pe- team is capable of and what the work they've done on and off the field, I wanted them to reach that grand final. It's a pinnacle. And I did not want them to fall over before they got to that chance. So leading up to the game, I, I, I couldn't sleep. And you're you probably the same. Mm. You, got, you you got to a point where you'll wake up and say, okay, what's going to happen if we do lose? I don't want that to happen. No. But then, that's probably why it was such a build-up emotion that I had to show, that I had to take the um, the head off and show uh, show people how I feel because it doesn't matter whether you have been a member of this club since nine you, you attended the first trial game at Seaford Oval right back in 1982 against Western Suburbs mm. or you went to that South Sydney game. But if you went out and brought a jumper or you brought a, a stick for your car or a flag for your car, mate, you're a part of the Raiders family now. You've got the bug and you'll be with us forever. So, we're and that's the way that the Raiders always treat you. They don't give special deals to people who have been here since 1983. If you wear the colour green, mate, you're going to be looked after in this club because you you blue, you will bleed green.
4: Woodsy, Ricky Stewart talks about he would give one of his uh, grand final rings to get one now with this current group what would Dave Woods give for another premiership on Sunday? Um, Sorry, let me try that again. Dave, <laughs> Dave Woods.
7: I thought, oh, God, it's not even a brother or a relation, mate. Um,
4: let, 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 let me just do that again. What would Tony Woods give to get that premiership on Sunday?
7: Mate, I, I would give more of what I've done, what, what I've given over the last 36 years. I'd give the same passion, the same pride, it's it's the team that's going out there and they deserve as I said they deserve the the accolades that are going to come to them, but even if we do even if we do and you've got to look at it, even if we do happen to lose on um sunday but we we we, we stand our pride we you can yeah. The, the winners the winners get a ring, but we get we get a continued thing of passion that's going to continue in this town for years to come and I, I, I'd love to. I'd love to see the blokes get a ring and the accolades that are going to come to them. And to tell the honest truth, they will. That that, that trophy is going to come down the highway.
4: I can feel get it too, road, mate. But, I can feel yeah. it too. Woodsy, I've got to ask you: what's uh, your score prediction, and who's your Clive Churchill medalist?
7: Um, my my score is going to be sixteen six to the Raiders. Um, Josh Papali is going to get the Clive Churchill medal medal. Yeah, it's going to be one to twelve. Josh Papali and the Raiders winning.
4: Tony Woods, aka Victor the Viking, mate. Enjoy the time. Let your emotions just flood. The good thing about for you is you can actually hide behind that helmet. When a lot of us are tearing up there, the, and <laughs> all cameras are going to be on, mate. But you really make, deserve this. Sure
7: that, yeah, mate. I'll make sure that when um, after we win and we've lifted that trophy, mate. Well, I, I I've said. Eric, you know when the any sporting team they get this bloody confetti that gets chucked or chucked <laughs> around for the winners It yeah. annoys me, but I can't wait to see that colour green spread over the spread over the. Um, ANZ Stadium and I'm going to get a handful and I'm going to pr- hold, that, hold it with pride and it's going to come with me forever.
4: Oh, mate, I'm getting goosebumps, mate. Woodsy, <laughs> Woodsy, look, enjoy the moment. Enjoy bashing that drum. Enjoy the company you'll be involved in tomorrow. Enjoy the experience. You're Another grand final for yourself and, and definitely without embarrassing you and very transparent in how the Canberra Raiders Green Machine supporters are and feel passionate and enjoy being out there at ANZ tomorrow and just sober the moment, mate.
7: Mate, yeah, thanks very much, Dean, and I thank you for your support. I thank Mix 106 for their continued support. But, mate, overall, I think the biggest things that we've got to do. it. if you're if you're listening to this and driving down the highway, going to see you to the game, or you're you're sitting waiting for the barbecues to happen on on a Sunday in our biggest game of the year, thank you from the Raiders bottom of our hearts for all your support. Whatever happens tonight. It is for you, so keep on continuing to bleed green and go the mighty Canberra Raiders.
4: Let's now check in with one of the stars of the 1994 grand final, the man that was a bit of a wild card, if you will. Jumping number 46 late on the first try, set up the second. Come in, Aussie, Mr Paul Osborne. How are you, buddy? Mate, I'm fantastic. How are you?
2: Looking forward to the
4: game. Wait, have you seen it as one of the ex-Raiders old boys? You came to the club in 92, uh, obviously the flag from 94. You've been around the traps here and there, but now you're kind of see, seeing you around Canberra again, you're at the 89 Gala and at the, the old boys' day the next day, you're definitely bleeding green again, aren't you?
2: Oh, it's hard not to. At the moment, it's just, <laughs> it's been exciting. Uh uh the, the, the atmosphere is great. Sticky's done a great job in including us old, old players. And uh, there's a real buzz in the town at the moment. It's hard not to be excited.
4: Ozzy, you just want to ask about your preparation now. For yourself, John Lomas gets suspended in the week before the major prelim against the, the Bears. And you were headed to go to England to, to kind of resurrect oh, your career there. Tell us how that week unfolded.
2: Oh, was a shocker. I was due to fly out on the Monday. Sandy um, called me on a Sunday night and said, look, we think Johnny will get off, but can you stay for a couple of days? And I said, sure, no worries, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so I stayed, and um, the hearing was on a Wednesday, and he got suspended for a week. Mm. And uh, I think I was the only person in Canberra that was happy about it. <laughs> and uh, But then they appealed, and the appeal wasn't until the Friday. So Johnny's still trained. There was... Uh, Brett Heddington, Dave Wesley, myself were in line for the spot. Tim Tim didn't sort of make a decision. And um, I kept moving my flight. The club that I was going to in England told me I had to get on a plane on the Thursday or not to come, and I decided not to go. So I didn't have a a start overseas. And and then um, the appeal was on the Friday. uh, Johnny lost. And then I found out Saturday morning that I was starting. So, you know, not the ideal (laughs) preparation
4: apparently at yeah, the, right. the door front of the door at Tim Sheen's office was ripped down by a good old Heathrow because he was dirty no, that he didn't get the start
2: no he's a mess, Heathrow. I tell him that <laughs>
4: <laughs> for yourself no, he's, um, still he's still dirty <laughs> yes, mate, he is now
2: from my from my perspective it's you know the it's obviously it was a great day and another great game but it wasn't a bad side that I and, that I got to play with so easy for someone I think to come in and do your job when you've got You know, Stuart Daly, Meninga, Clyde Walters, Mullins, Nagus. Well, I keep going. Ferner Croker. You know, it's just a super side. So I was fortunate enough to be able to play in a grand final in that team and to win. So it was, uh, it was obviously a great memory. It
4: was a perfect little game plan as well, because everyone was obviously the dogs were looking at what Ricky and Mal were doing whereas you switched to the other side down that short side where you were so good at, one of those side plays all the time. You created so much havoc. Was was the messaging from the coaches from Sheenzy, was it just to get maybe to start and get a good 20 25 minutes out here to really bring up bring the go forward?
2: I think you would have been happy with a good five minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> they changed the game plan. They'd been working to the 50, so they'd been working to the middle and then having Ricky and Laurie on either side. And when I came in, they... He changed it to seventy thirty, so we mm. sort of wrap it a bit further, and just create a short side. So, and and the plan was for me to work it, and and you know I was lucky enough for a couple of sleep passes to come off.
4: When did you <laughs> know you were starting?
2: Uh, on the Saturday morning, so we had training at, at at Bruce Stadium or or GIO Stadium, it's called now I think, and um, he came out of a meeting with. Mal, Ricky, Laurie, uh, Steve, Walters, and Clyde and they all looked miserable. <laughs> he told me. <laughs> told me later they all blew up. Yeah. And he said he was going to start with me, and, which is fair enough. And uh, <laughs> and he just told us that the, in the in the session on the Saturday morning. So it was a bit of a a, a bit to do. I had to go home and find my gear. Um, you know, organise flights for my family to come to Sydney for the game, and it was all all surreal, really, when you look back on it. But, you know, just lucky to get an opportunity and lucky not to make a mistake and, you know, even lucky to be able to lay on a couple of tries early. So it was a good, it was a good day. I enjoyed it.
4: Well, in all due respect, you you played a lot of reserve grade that year. Uh, no, I think she- no, I didn't. i <laughs> You played a bit of reserve. Well, I remember the. She I remember seeing it. Chapo on on the league report at Channel Ten and hearing yeah. that um, Aussie was playing reserve, and I was like, "What? Oh,
2: no, it's
6: outrageous."
4: <laughs> anyway, you just mentioned that last twenty four hours leading to the big dance. It would have been so. Was that was it? All that distraction of booking flights for you for your family and having to find your boots and having to find your gear hypothetically and also. Literally to get it all in, to get everything back into your bag and back into your head to get prepare for a, for a, you know for the biggest game of the year.
2: Yeah, well, was all that side stuff? You, was it a healthy
4: distraction for you? Uh,
2: yeah, it was actually because I you know obviously I hadn't played. What had happened is I'd started in first round and I broke my foot in round eleven or twelve. I just can't remember, and then I was out for five weeks. And by the time I came back, I was unfit because I couldn't run, and the team was going so well, I just couldn't get back in. So you know, I played one or two as a great names a unique. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> And, uh, you know, so I'm focusing on finding my gear, getting you know, kids on a flight, getting to the game, inviting people. You know, I wasn't even thinking about, about it. It wasn't actually till we got to the game at whatever time. We got there about 12.30, I think, at the 3 o'clock kickoff. That I thought, oh, hang on, what's on today? <laughs> so wow. I was just, all I wanted to do was not make a mistake, basically. So, you know, you kick we kicked off, and you, you got all this adrenaline... Pumping through your veins, and you want to make a tackle, and we kicked off, and Martin Bella knocks on. So we, you know you sort of you, you have this run up the field, and you're looking at each other, going, well, "What do we do now?" <laughs> so, we got the ball, so they kicked off. We had a drop out. Um, we had a set at them. Ricky put up a bomb. They knocked it on again behind the try line. Another drop out, and then you know we scored. So it was a strange start, but uh, yeah, See? it was.
4: You mentioned that you didn't want to make a mistake. You didn't want to let the team down. And sometimes when you go into that way of thinking, you can go into a little bit of a shell and be just too conservative. And as a prop forward, all probably you got you to do is just, just truck it up, just do your hit-ups, don't miss a tackle, don't drop the ball, just keep it tight. But you didn't just play conservative. You actually you, you pierced the opposition. You laid on that first try. You went down the other side and put Fernsey away. You went down that blind side on a beautiful pop pass and you put Kenny away. You must have walk off, walked off the field that day Ozzy looked at the sky and said, "Wow, how good is that?"
2: You're talking mate, that's great. Keep talking. It was good, it? but <laughs> but it's just nah,
4: amazing, you know. It's the biggest game of the yeah. year. Was it? Was a, was a crazy
2: preparation? You honestly, we don't think. You know, most of it is you react. You know, you just do stuff without thinking. That's my little daughter, who has no idea what we're talking about in the <laughs> background. <laughs> She's not even one. Um, Uh, you just don't think, you know, and I just, I remember calling, we had a uh, call, the call was Super, which box, if you got called Super, you had to get the football, and I remember calling Super, um, because I had the shorts, I had Mal outside me, and Fernsey was there, and I know that defensive sides will look at us and go, Osborne Meninga. who am I more worried about, Mm. so I'll always go to Mal, and I dummied, and I thought I was going to score, to be quite honest. And I was still to this day can see that red because I used to paint it for the Westfield Cup. The end goal was red, right? And I thought, I'm gonna score you but I didn't <laughs> And as I fell, you know, I just popped it up. You don't think, you don't yeah. you know, that just that's just that's what happened. I passed a thousand passes to Fernsey, you know, thank God I didn't drop it. And uh <laughs> and and you know, I got up and I thought, oh, how did that happen? You know, and then I just thought, sort of like okay, you know, and then same with Kenny. I don't, you know, I'd like to say to you that I would orchestrated it, but you know, I think it just popped out. It was falling, and he still had 80 metres to go. Don't forget that. Had to, you know, beat a couple of players. So you just, you just want to do your job. And as I said to you before, it was a super side mate. You know, it's like, mm. yeah, you know, superstars, like living legends, all of them. So for me to be able to go in and and have a very clear plan on what I needed to do, uh, it was. Quite easy, you know. I was twenty-seven. I've been spent tenth year playing, so you know I was reasonably experienced. So I knew I just had to do my job, you know. And and the Bulldogs pack wasn't exactly you know super fast. So you know, for a slow beginner like me, it was you know. Machine actually said to me, "If we we're playing the Broncos, I wouldn't have picked you." You know, we're playing mm. Can- Canterbury with Bella and uh, Brit and you know, big slow units like me. Uh, it's more suited. My style of play, so that's why Etherow didn't get a start. I mean, he still wins as I saw him, you know. I still kept in touch <laughs> with the big you know, and he had the wins every time I see him. But you know, he, he knows he wasn't up to it,
4: <laughs> mate. As, as the fatty Vorton <laughs> said I'll on the commentary, as, well, as fatty Vorton said on the commentary, the rate right, that you against the, the Bulldogs pack, it was slug on slug,
2: <laughs> yeah, so it was. And uh, you yeah, know, it was a great day, mate. You know, I'm sort of so lucky to have been given the opportunity and to change it changed you to have faith in me and to give me a start you know because a lot of coaches wouldn't have been brave enough on grand final day to do that he did and you know I, I can't thank him enough I still keep in touch with him, talked to him a couple of weeks ago he calls me GFH I don't call myself that GFH he calls me grand final hero <laughs> you know so I, yeah I've seen him. I call him the super coach he writes back GFH mate
4: uh, good, good times good times 25 years
2: GFH tomorrow mate Another well that's it to GFH tomorrow 25
4: 25 years, we fast forward, it must be exciting as an ex-boy, as we mentioned at the top of the top of the interview, that it's exciting. So you would be, be bouncing into the ANZ tomorrow, looking forward to the event?
2: Uh, I'm actually, I'm not going tomorrow, I'm going to watch it at home because I've got all my kids coming over. Um, you know, we had a bit of a tough year this year. It was like all the kids are coming tomorrow, so we're going to watch it at home and just hang out with my family. Um, but, um, you know, we're very, very excited about it. And, you know, we talk about 25 years ago. I know there's a big focus on 30 years ago, but, you know, this is their moment. This is their time. And today they're going to... Um, uh, uh, just the, the, their life is going to change. Yeah. You know, their life's going to change one way or the other. They're either going to win a grand final or they're going to lose one. And it's going to impact on them for the rest of their life. So, you know, he's done a great job with this, this crew, Ricky. They they, they don't stop. They're not, they're not the flashiest side in the world. They're not, you know, they haven't got... You know, they're not the most um, you know, potent at some things, but what they do do is they just don't stop trying, you know, and they've got mm-hmm. some quality players and they will be in it for 80 minutes. And, you know, I'm quietly confident that, you know, they need to bash them really, but I think they can do that and I think they can they can win.
4: Ozzy, I won't let you go without asking for a, a tip and your Clive Churchill medalist.
2: Raiders by six and Josh Hodson.
4: Aussie, thanks for tuning in, mate. Thanks for talking. God bless yourself and you, and the Osborne family. Go the Raiders.
2: Thanks, buddy. Talk soon.
4: From the 1994 grand final hero in Paul Osborne, we move to the grand final hero of 1989, the man of the moment, the guy that's uh, iced the victory in the premiership for the mighty green machine. Come in, Steve Jackson.
0: Hello, Nick. How you go, mate?
4: Mate, I'm going with great. Guns. Where are you? At the races or something, are you?
0: I am, I am, I'm at Randwick Races, it's uh, it's a little bit cool here today, uh, I had a fantastic day yesterday at the NRL luncheon, and I just can't wait for tomorrow.
4: Mate, you've had a great week, this is, this is the time of year that Steve Jackson shines, but now the added <laughs> weight of the Raiders being in the grand final, and of course 30 years ago, the stars have just aligned beautifully for Steve Jackson this year, haven't
0: they? Oh, it really has. Yeah. Um I, I, I'll give Ricky a cuddle when I when, when he's not so busy. <laughs> but uh made by the Raiders making the grand final this year it's just made me relive this uh thing that happened to me thirty years ago and and as you know, Nick, you've talked to me over a few years and I, I'm just so humbled and grateful that I had that opportunity way back then because uh, it just makes you feel so nice when, when this kind of thing happens to you.
4: I just wanna ask you about if we can get the mindset of the current day of now, you've been through, well, it was a kind of a distracted preparation for you, because in all seriousness, you obviously went with the team, you probably played one or two games, or I think it was one first grade game that year, you weren't expected to play at all, were you?
0: No, no, um, the story goes like this, uh, i I'd done me knee in my debut halfway through the year against Balmain at Seaford Oval, and I was out for nine weeks, and i come back a week before the the semi-finals in reserve grade. We had a strong club way back then. Our 21s made the grand final. Our reserve grade, so I got knocked out a week before the grand final. And then Tim Sheen said, I've uh, I've got a squad of 20 and I want to add you to the uh, to the bench and have a squad of 21. Mm. So, and as we do know, i would never got the chance to go to a grand final breakfast. So in my mind, I was just making up the numbers. I wasn't going to play.
4: But then to get and play... It's it's almost like talking to Tim Sheens. He just plays it down, saying that it wasn't a master stroke. It was just the big body and, and going up against tired forwards, and it was just the right man at the right time. And you think in the modern era, they talk about, no, nah, I'm not going to play Jacko because he hasn't got much run in his legs. He hasn't seen much grade, putting him in the deep end like that. He might fail. But geez, you didn't fail. Yeah, you, you made your tackles, and you were there at the right time at the right place. But you had to do so much work. You carried half of that bronc, uh, half the Tigers pack over the line
0: i I laugh about it, and I lucky they're all little fellas. <laughs> I pick my time, but um, it was it was just a a, a big day you know I've, I've been dreaming about that since I was a kid mm. and I used to watch Sydney Football on television on a Saturday afternoon i I never missed it. I used to watch the Brisbane the game the the big league on the Sunday and I'd always dreamt to be a, a player that played on television, and he was my opportunity and uh, I made the most of it.
4: It's amazing, Jacko, how you talk about how this, and this, is, this might go a little bit philosophical and we might sound a bit like Dr. Phil here, but where sometimes you might think an opportunity hasn't arisen. It can actually arise. Like for yourself, you know, you, you played one game of first grade that year and then, yeah, Sheen says, yeah, just just, just come along for the ride and we'll chuck you in at number 20, but, you know, you might get a start. There's no plate for you for the grand final breakfast. But look what the outcome was. You know, if, yeah. if someone else is spitting chips saying, no, that's, it's not my time, 89, I've missed out again, look what happened. You know, you went from not even part of the squad to being involved in one of the greatest moments in Rugby League grand final history.
0: <laughs> and remembered for the rest of my life. You know, you just you just don't know what's in front, what's in store, what's going to happen to you. you just got to try and put yourself in the best position possible for something to happen, and I was a football player, so I had to recover from a knee injury. I had to give myself, my body, every chance to be ready for whatever game I had to play, and and as it worked out, I went through the finals through reserve grade, and then the opportunity arose, and um, and I made the most of that opportunity, and I've never looked
4: back. Now, of course, 89 has been the focus this year because of the 30th anniversary. You've been involved in the club this year as well, of course. That you were down for the eighty-nine gala, you were here for the old boys' day, of course. Forever Green. How good is it you now being? How good is it for you being an old boy now, seeing the boys in the big dance?
0: Uh, it's their day. It's a special day. You know, I I sent a little message, um, and you know about that. And in the message, it stated that you know, imagine yourself in sixty years' time. You're twenty years old now, so in sixty years' time, you'll be eighty years old, and. And, and you'll have all these special days that happened in your life. You, you'll have kids. You'll have grandkids. You'll have an amazing things happen to you. But this game coming up on Sunday will be one of the most amazing. It'll be right up there in the top thing, 10 things you've done in life. So don't let it slide. Don't miss this opportunity.
4: All right, Jacko. I'll let you get back to the races, mate. Just before I go, give us your man of the match and your score, mate.
0: God, <laughs> cool, That's a hard one. Righto. My man of the match, mate. Front rower, Josh oh, Papali, look, he's been beautiful all year. And um, I'd love to see a front rower get man of the match. Um, and my score line will be 1914. 1914,
4: <laughs> he's called it. Josh Papali, Clock church list.
0: So the 1914 will emulate the 1989 game. 1914, wouldn't that just be amazing?
4: <laughs> wouldn't it be? All no, right, JK, I'll catch up later.
0: You're a champion. Thanks, mate. Bye bye.
4: Well, a man that bled green for a long, long time from a child in his rugby union days to the day he made grade and then first grade to captain the club for the first time after a massive year, breakout year of 2008. The man they call, Kampo, Mr. Terry Campisi. G'day, mate. Big, how you go, mate? Mate, good, mate. Driving up to Sydney?
8: Yeah, on we way up there nice and early and get there nice and early and watch the pre-game. We've got a few a few boys playing in the, in the Queensland Cup, New South Wales side to get out there watch the girls also and then... The big game, can't wait. Uh, yeah, minutes ticking down now.
4: Oh, know you're you're involved there somewhere with the NRL, aren't you?
8: Yeah, I've got a you know a bit to do pre-game. I won the Ken Stevens Medal in 2013, if I can remember correctly. And so we, all the the previous winners have been invited to come up and, and, and walk around the stadium. And then I'm doing some stuff with uh, Mal Inga, Laurie Daly, Ruben Wiki. Dave so some pre-game uh, entertainment, I guess, trying to jump on that Viking clap and pop the crowd up, so can't
4: wait. Jeez, you're in some good hands there. Yeah, oh,
8: no, I don't know how. I got picked. Uh, uh, must have been yeah, drawn out of the hat for me
4: to be there. Wow, that's massive. <laughs> Campo, you say this on and off the record quite a bit, and you've been saying this in the last couple of years, that Canberra as a town, it needs a premiership. And look where we are.
8: Yeah, yeah I don't think I think um, it's, it's been great just to, to make it there. You know, obviously the boys will want to get out there and win, but the thing that uh, I've been quoted in saying a few times is the, the thing that I love about it is that our kids at the schools now we cheer cheering on the Raiders. Um, for so many years we used to go and visit the schools and, and talk to kids at junior footy, and it was just a, a mixed bag of who they supported. Uh, yeah, either be uh, the Tigers because they're crazy old men goes for the Tigers or um, yeah so teams that were successful Melbourne Storms you know teams like that so the, the thing that I love about it is now that when you go to schools or when you talk to the kids they're all talking Raiders they're all talking Jared Croker Josh Papali. so it's unreal and that's that's um, you know I've got a young fella who's eight and he's a die so uh, it make, makes me proud to, to be a Raiders man myself when, when this kind of stuff
4: happens. Now, we mentioned that uh, you really made your mark there at the club and you really realised your talent in 2008. That same year, the inaugural under-20s won the competition and you now there was so much potential to come out of that wave of young kids. One in particular who's now captain of the club who who credits yourself as being part of his development, the guy we call Toots, Big Tooters, uh, Jarrod Croker, and there was a nice little infamous shot there at full time uh, last week against South. And you're out there, you know, for Croc Media doing your doing your on-field stuff, and, and you went and embraced your, your good mate and, and your and your old uh, centre partner there. What a special moment that was, Campo. Yeah,
8: mate. I caught up at the moment. I was supposed to be doing radio on the sidelines, and I was jumping up. I was I was uh, forgetting that I was meant to be calling it. Uh, when I crossed cross down to me, I'd be cheering, and, and uh, yeah, it was, it was one of those things where you just, I couldn't help it. Um, when Papa scored, I almost ran on the field to hug him, but yeah, I had to restrain myself. But then, obviously, when that final buzzer went, Croak split it over to where to where I was sitting on the sideline, and I, yeah, I had to just run over and, and hug him and thank him. And yeah, he said it was me, and yeah, he said a, said a few, few nice words. But um, he's, he's just so, he's a, such a young, humble kid who is about to break every single record in, the, in Raiders history and NRL history. So, uh, for someone to be doing this at such a you know, young age, um, he's so humbled. And I'm, I'm, I'm you know, so proud of where he's got to. And you know, um, hopefully, he can be lifting that trophy at the end, the
4: end of the game. Oh, he's such the perfect kid. You mentioned uh, he nearly ran on the field when you saw Big Papa. Score a try here also without without embarrassing you there, Camper. He credits yourself as well for the for the tough times, you know, being a young Queenslander coming to the club and finding foo through, through the Canberra cold and yourself and your misses there. You, you put him up at, at times to to come around to emulate that family vibe that he missed so much from home. And to this day, man, he credits you for for being part of one of the reasons why he stayed here at those tough times.
8: Yeah, he's, he's such a, he's another great kid. old papa is uh, they're very respectful and humble. Young man, and when he was struggling when he first come down from Brizzy, um, I just had a few conversations with him and asked him what it was that he missed most about home. And was, he's talked about his mum's cooking. He's not too good in the kitchen himself. He's good on the tooth, but he can eat. <laughs> um, so that's actually one of his misses specialties is, is her uh, chicken curry. So I used to get him and um, Tony Milford over for dinner and we would have about four pots going at once, so I don't know how she kept up the, the food to him. but the the funny thing was he just kept coming over, even when his family moved down he kept coming over once a week for curry <laughs> and I'd I'd send him home with all the leftovers. I'd say to him the next day, I you know, give something to your family and stuff like that and the next day I'd talk to him, I how'd that curry go out? The family like it he goes the curry was too good. I'd pull over on the side of the road and, and eat the, all the leftovers before I got home. So I
1: could
4: oh, yeah, eat them. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> We've all done that before, Camper. Let's put your footy brain on. The Roosters have been the dominant team all season. Someone you know quite, quite well in, in the Italian international team at times there with Teddy Tedesco. How do we stop Teddy? How do we stop the Trill Mitchell? I mean, from one to seventeen, they just strike all over the park. But those two in particular with their with their potency with the ball.
8: Yeah. I'm a tough ask isn't it um, you know, the, I think the way that the Raiders defended against South puts them in good sense of their game defensively they were outstanding I think it was 8 or 9 repeat sets that they had to defend and they did and then obviously losing losing the guy for 10 minutes at the end of the game and they, they held him out so I think they've just got to get confidence from that really and, You know, how do you how do you defend Tedesco and, and Latreau every single team's tried it for 20, 20 odd weeks and no one's to do it yet, so uh, it's just one of those things where they're gonna, oh, their foot, their back's gonna be against the wall at at, at stages, and they've just got to you know hang in there tough. But um, yeah, I wish I wish I knew the answers, and I wish uh, a lot of coaches also. But um, it's going to be an exciting game, and I can't wait for the battles. You know, um, Latrell Mitchell against Croats Leilua, uh, Parley, Hargraves It's just going to be uh, one of these classic grand finals, and the, the highest definitely. Um, the hype going around, um, you know, there's green flags everywhere around the, oh, how good is the way up to Sydney. Um, I'm, I'm just hoping that it's going to be 80, 20 um, supporters, and I think it's, it's pretty close to, you know, the, the Raiders fans might get them over the line.
4: What's your score on? Who's your Clive Churchill medalist?
8: Um, I reckon it's going to be 16, 16, 12 to Raiders, um, and who I was very disappointed the other night when Papa never got an award at the Dalhams, but. Um, I thought I thought he definitely deserved to be there. So I'm going to say the big fella, he's, pulled, he's scored a couple of tries to get us in his position and, um, at crucial times recently. And just the way he's been playing, mate. I think, um, you know, off his charges, even last week against the Astros a few times or we stuck in our 30 and he um, come up with an awesome offload or just a big, big, big run. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to choose Papa.
4: Well, Campo, thanks for joining us, mate. I know that you mentioned that you feel embarrassed around that... Uh, within that group of, of players of Meninga and Daly and Ferner and whatnot, mate. But you earned your spot there. You definitely led the boys strong and passionately, and you were there for Papa. And look what Papa has come to now, you know. Uh, thanks for joining us, mate, and go the green machine.
8: Awesome, Nick. Thanks for having me, and enjoy your trip to Sydney, guys.
0: Bad and mean, the Green Machine. We hit them hard, so they see green. We're big and strong,
6: we're fast and lean. That's why we're called the Green Machine. We're the bad and mean, Green Machine. Fearsome men from the ACT. Don't try and
3: stop these men in green. Colors will hit ya, hit ya, hit ya, and you'll see green. Or orange too There's
6: just one color That'll do The fighting green Of the
7: green machine where the bad and mean Green machine some men from the ACT Don't try and stop These men in green Cause we'll hit ya Hit ya
6: Hit ya And you'll see green C D Don't